you're listening to Time in the Word. The Judaizers charged that Paul's teaching would lead the Galatians into lawlessness. Paul countered that the false teachers wanted to replace one expression of legalistic bondage for another. Who was right? In this section, Paul argued that a proper apprehension of the doctrine of justification by grace through faith alone would lead to a life of spiritual freedom and holy love. Paul writes, Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Set free by Christ, the Galatians soon were acquiescing to the demands of the legalists. Paul wanted them to take a stand, to act like free men, not like slaves. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez begins his exposition of Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. Galatians chapter 5. I am going to read only the first four verses, which is all the time we'll have to look at this morning. Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Take note, I, Paul, tell you that if you get yourselves circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. Again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised that he is obligated to keep the entire law. You who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. If you recall from our previous studies in the book of Galatians, and based on what Paul is telling us here, the Judaizers were in essence charging Paul and accusing him of teaching something that would lead the Galatians into lawlessness. But Paul counters that attack or that argument or that charge. Paul counters that and he says that it is the false teachers who wanted to replace one expression of legalistic bondage for another. The question is who's right? We have a charge and we have a counter charge. Who's right? So in this section, Actually, in all of this section through verse 15, but in this section, Paul argued that a proper apprehension of the doctrine of justification by grace, which has been the argument all along, through faith alone, would lead to a life of spiritual freedom and holy love. And that's an important thing to remember because there are a couple of things that we're, look at, we're going to look at this morning that help make that case. Of course, we're going to argue that Paul's countercharge is the correct position. In verses 1 through 12, which we're not going to look at all 12 during this first session, Paul charges the believers in Galatia and therefore charges us as believers in the 21st century. And he tells us to stand in freedom or stand in liberty, depending on what version of the Bible you're using. You might have one or the other word. He says, set free by Christ. The Galatians, and by extension, all believers, well, in this case, the Galatians, were acquiescing to the demands of the legalists. You stood free, and now you're acquiescing. So Paul wanted them to take a stand. Paul, in essence, is saying, I want you to act as one who is free, not as one who is a slave. There are two commands in verse 1. There are two commands that are given. The first one is a positive command, and the second one is a negative command. Let's look at the first one. The first command is found in the first part of verse 1. Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand 
firm then. That's the positive command. And the force behind that command, the word stand, is to take decisive action. He's telling the Galatians, stand. Do what it takes to take a stand. The word literally means to take a stand and keep on standing. You see, this is not a stand that one takes once. It's a stand that one takes continually. They had started by acknowledging that they had been set free. And because they were no longer standing, they were now acquiescing. So he says, stand and keep on standing. That's what that command to stand means. They were to take a firm position within the doctrine of salvation. Remember what we're, the, the whole argument of Paul in the whole book of Galatians has to do with how is a man, how is a sinner justified by God? The Judaizers would argue that it was grace plus. All religions in the world today argue that it's grace and faith plus. Again, we're reminded of what Paul says. If I or anybody else preach any other gospel, let them be anathema. Why? Because that gospel will lead them to hell. Some of the Galatians had wilted. Some of the Galatians had surrendered. And in this war, Paul wanted them and Paul wants us to stand against the deception and to stand in the faith. In other words, Paul wants us not to retreat, to stand and to keep on standing. Now, although the imperative has grammatical strength, it actually occurs in the middle of the sentence. The real emphasis lies in the means or sphere of the stand, namely liberty. So, so the, word, the, the proper word order of this first section of verse 1 reads, would read like this, in or by the liberty by which Christ set us free, comma, stand. That's the emphasis. Three characteristics of this liberty are listed. First of all, a believer has no obligation to any system of legalism which is required for justification or sanctification. <laughs> Hear that, because this is important. We face the same challenges today as the Galatians did then. It's no difference, just a different era. The first is a believer has no obligation to any system of legalism which is required for justification or sanctification, which was the argument that Judaizers were making. Something else is required if you are going to be saved. Paul is saying no. In Romans 6.14, Paul said that the believer is not under the law, but under what? Grace. However, having said that, we do say that the believer is always under the moral law of God, the laws of the family, and the laws of government. But we are under grace. Again, the point is no believer has an obligation to any system of legalism. The second point he makes here is freedom or liberty is achieved only through the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Christ. That's it. Only the Lord Jesus could say this. John 8, 36. Therefore, if the Son sets you free you will really be free, or you are free indeed. But notice that he says, if the Son sets you free. It's all about God. Salvation is of the Lord. He has to exclude us because if he doesn't, we will never be saved. So when Christ says that, notice how he says that. If the Son sets you free, not if the Son and something else, 
or not if something else. If the Son, why? Because he's the only one who can propitiate, satisfy, expiate. Now, think about this. He says, if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. He did not, and let's think about it in the, in the present context. Of course, he's writing to the Galatians. But he did not set us free from the bondage of the law and the penalty of sin in order that we might keep sinning. Because that's how they were interpreting what Paul was saying. Since Paul was saying that we are no longer under the law, but we are under grace, the legalists were saying he's inviting you to lawlessness. But Paul is saying is that if a person is truly set free by the grace of God, if the person is truly in Christ, the fact that he is will lead him to actually live a life that is consistent with the moral law without being under the law. In fact, as believers, and I've said this many times before, when we come to Christ, we are for the first time ever in a position now to actually do that which God says we ought to do. We were in bondage before that. And to the argument, I'm not going to get into it right now, but the argument of a legalist actually falls apart when you actually understand what happens to a person when he's in Christ. He delivered sinners so that they might be free to please God, not themselves. Stand. Stand. When he died, Paul says in Colossians 2.14, he said he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations. That was against us and opposed to us and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. The third thing he says here that we take from this part of verse, uh, verse 1 is that all of this takes place at the moment of conversion. It says in that first part, Christ has liberated us to be free. That points to an accomplished past event. Provisionally, it occurred at the cross. We just read that in Colossians. But practically, it happened when the sinner was born again. When you came to faith in Christ, the shackles of sin and selfishness were removed. When you came to faith in Christ, the power of the gravitational pull of the sin nature downward has been conquered. The believer is now free to become and to do all that God wants him to be and do. Stand. Let's look at the second part of verse 1. So he says, Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then. That was the positive command. Now here's the negative command. Don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. You see what the Galatians, what the Judaizers were trying to do was to bring the Galatians back under a yoke of slavery. And remember what I said, the first point that Paul makes in the first part is that a believer has no obligation to any system of legalism which is required for justification or for sanctification. Stand firm because the implication is that if you don't, you're going to allow yourself to be brought back under a yoke of slavery. And do you not know Christians today who are bound under a yoke of slavery? How many legalists are out there as members of churches? We have to be very, and I'll get into this in a moment. So the negative command literally translates, stop submitting to. So on the positive side, he says, stand. On the negative side, he says, stop submitting to. Believers involved in legalistic practices must stop. That verb submit was often used of trappers who put out snares to catch their prey. In Proverbs 29.5, listen to the words of Solomon. To flatter friends is to lay a trap for their feet. 
Interesting statement, isn't it? Why? Well, when you think of the Judaizers, through their hypocritical compliments, they were trying to make victims out of the Galatians. So that proverb fits well for the Judaizers. They were flattering their friends, when in essence what they were doing was setting a trap in order for them to be once again under the yoke of slavery. The believers had to extricate themselves before it was too late. Notice the yoke of slavery. What is the yoke of slavery? Well, here we understand it to be the Mosaic Law. As a yoke, it restricted men. Since men broke the commandments, they were under the slavery of the curse. At the Council of Jerusalem, you remember that Peter declared this, Acts 15.10, Now then, why are you testing God by putting a yoke on the disciples' necks that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? And the apostles and the elders, we know, had agreed that both Gentile and Jewish believers were not under the law. The Mosaic law was oppressive, but a life lived in the will of God, Paul is arguing here, is liberating. Stand. So, verse 2. Whenever Paul seems to want to make a strong personal assertion, he often begins with the words, I, Paul. He does that several times in 2 Corinthians and in Ephesians. But notice that here, and depending on the version and the the order in which your words are are, are found, in in my translation, the addition of the exclamatory imperative, take note, further strengthens the seriousness of the following remarks. The conditional Protasis is this, if you get yourselves circumcised. Now the implication is that it appears they hadn't gone that far yet. If, perhaps some were, but maybe not all. If you get yourselves circumcised, doesn't necessarily argue that Paul was opposed to circumcision per, per se. Because we know, for example, that for a more effective testimony to the Jews, he had Timothy circumcised, Acts chapter 16 Verse 3, he wasn't necessarily advocating the end of circumcision as parts of the Jewish religious heritage. Rather, he argued that circumcision was not necessary for salvation, which was what the legalists were arguing, either for the Jew or for the, or, or for the Gentile. So the conditional protasis, if you get yourselves circumcised, look at the, the concluding apodosis, Christ will not benefit you at all. That statement declares that no merit of the Savior's death and resurrection would be reckoned to the account of any person who believed that circumcision was essential for justification. That's an important truth to grasp. Because in, in, in the present day, we have folks involved in all sorts of religions who have accepted some gospel, liturgy. According to Paul, if it's not the gospel that has been given to us and revealed to us in the Word of God, it is a gospel that will benefit the recipients of that gospel. Nothing. On the positive side. But it will cause them to pay for their sins for they have not surrendered to the true gospel forever. That's the negative side of, of the, con- the consequences of, of rejecting the true gospel. So Paul is, is arguing that a man is not saved by faith in what Christ has done and by faith in what he can do, whether that involves, in this case, circumcision or in the present day, baptism or anything else for that matter. When some deed, when whatever comes after the plus sign, when some deed is added as a requirement for heaven, the very addition of that deed, or whatever it is that you place after that plus sign, demonstrates that the person has not exercised the type of faith which the Bible demands. The Bible demands faith, complete trust in the person and in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Christ. That is it. When you think of what we're studying in Galatians and when we think of what happened during the Protestant Reformation, it's almost as if a a group of believers having understood almost for the first time the very gospel that actually saves. It's as almost as if they had come under the realization that the church in general had been persuaded by legalists or Judaizers and the gospel had become another gospel. And it was the Protestant reformers who understood that what needed to be restored was the true gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And we argue that that was the material cause of the Protestant Reformation. This is what he's dealing with. In this particular region, you need to be Galatians. You started well. You, you understood what I taught you. You accepted the gospel, but you have allowed yourself to be corrupted by doctrine that is inconsistent with what you had first accepted. And if you accept this gospel going forward, it's going to jeopardize the salvation of those who come under that gospel. You must return to the gospel. You must stand. Don't forfeit what you gained by coming to faith in Christ. And then in verse 3, notice there's another strong affirmation he makes here. He says, again, I testify. The issue of legal justification is not just an academic one, nor did Paul and the Judaizers use different methods to achieve the same goal, which is much embraced in the modern day. We call it pluralism. It doesn't matter what you believe, just have genuine faith in what you believe, and we'll all get there at some point. It's all leading to the same place. That's not what Paul is saying. At issue was the very essence of the gospel message. Is salvation of the Lord or is it of man? There's the issue. The charge was given, we see in verse 3, to every man who gets himself circumcised. Paul was arguing that circumcision, anybody who submitted to circumcision, was in essence taking that first step into the life of bondage under legalism. And the remarks in verse 4 are given to a specific group. Notice that he says, you who are trying to be justified by the law. He's not saying those words to those who have been justified by grace because we believe as Christians that once a person is truly in Christ, he's born again, he will not lose his salvation. My justification is fully dependent on the Lord. My glorification is fully dependent on the Lord. Notice that he says that He's specifically talking to a group of people. He's saying, you who are trying to be justified by the law, this would include the Judaizers and any converts under the gospel the Judaizers were proclaiming. And the issue at stake, again, was justification here, not not sanctification. And the present tense of the verb reads, are being justified. You see, within legalism, justification is almost an ongoing process. It is never achieved before death. A person can never attain a justified position because he must continually obey the law all the time. So you have a justification problem, and in addition, you have a sanctification problem. One, if you you were converted under the gospel of the Judaizers, you're not truly a believer. And as a non-believer attempting to live a holy life, imagine that. The requirement is to continue to live under the law. And I know many people who claim to be Christians and have that view. 
I've asked individuals who claim to be believers, if you died today, where would you go? I don't know. Why? Because they're not certain how much good they have consistently been doing. I mean, putting yourself under the the yoke of slavery is, is that's why he, he, he uses those words. I mean, it, it binds you. So two, two verbal ideas characterize this group. They are alienated from Christ. Notice what he says in verse 4. They're alienated from Christ. The Greek text literally reads, you were rendered null and void away from Christ. That's what he says. And then the second point he makes is you are fallen from grace. Now, this phrase has been widely misinterpreted and misapplied. It does not refer to a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ losing his personal salvation. There is no great moral sin under discussion here. This is a doctrinal matter. The issue is how is a person justified, not can a person lose his salvation. The topic is not will you remain saved. The topic is are you saved to start with. The falling from grace has nothing to do with your personal salvation. It has everything to do whether you can even claim to be saved to start with. If you embraced any other gospel and you rejected the gospel of grace, you have fallen from grace. That's the point he's trying to make.